Um, this is the first, the first Sunday back after Christmas. Do we count this? Last Sunday was, wasn't really a thing, was it? Because of, because of Christmas. So finally, we've made it. That's it for another year. Um, and Chrissy asked me to write a talk about uh, a few days ago, and we were thinking about New Year's resolutions and how we could talk about them. And um, in my old age, I've become so bitter that the whole thing was just, it was so negative. It was really awful because I can't stick to New Year's resolutions. I'm really bad at them. And I was thinking, I'm going to write a lovely talk and everyone's going to be um, filled with the truth that they don't work and they're silly things to do. And then I decided, no, it's probably just me that feels like that. And I should probably give everyone a good chance. So I was, I was thinking about how can I talk about New Year's resolutions in a positive way, but in a way that we can all learn. And as I was doing that, um, I remembered a poem, a poem that I'd seen a long time ago on TikTok, because I am trendy. And um, it was a poem, but it didn't come with, it didn't say who wrote the poem. And I looked online for a long time, and I still don't know, someone might know um, who wrote this poem, but it just says unknown every time underneath it. Some of you might have heard it before. Um, but I'm just going to read you this poem, which is about how God works in our lives, but not necessarily in the way that we expect him to. I asked for strength, and God gave me difficult times to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me brawn and brain to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for patience. God placed me in situations where I was forced to wait. I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted. I received everything I needed. My prayers have been answered. When I first sat down to, to write this, I was, feeling, um, I was feeling just like New Year's resolutions are sort of a fad. I, I Googled it. They're actually a 4,000-year-old Babylonian tradition. So they, would ha they have a different calendar to us, right? So their new year. Um, would have been what we call March. That's when they plant their crops. So what they're doing is their um, new year, new crops, and we promise that over, they have a 12-day celebration, they say, we promise that we're going to pay back all our debts. And not only are we going to pay back all our debts, we're going to give back any equipment we've borrowed from other people. And they'd pray that to their gods, their pagan gods, and if they did it, as they said, great news, good luck, well done. If they didn't, bad news, right? So that's where it originally came from, and I was thinking, why, why am I letting that um, consume me and making me feel so guilty and so bad? And how can I be better at actually um, holding myself accountable? Um, so uh, I want to address that sort of negativity today. I want us to think about how we might not stick to our resolutions, but how we can let Jesus help us in those struggles, okay? Because, because he's there with us. So the goals that you've set yourself are obviously very personal. Um, they're important to you, for those of you who have... Can I just see? Put your hand up if you've got a New Year's resolution. Oh, good. Well, Vicky, this talks for you, then, eh? Um, so <laughs> we're just going to pretend that everyone put their hands up. Um, otherwise, <laughs> this isn't going to work. So um, have you broken it already? <laughs> what was it? Was it to... Oh. <laughs> Let's just focus on being nice first, eh? Um, so, uh, <laughs> I love you, Vicky. I'm very sorry. Um, 
They're important uh, to yourself, these goals. So everyone's got goals, whether or not they've done it for New Year's or whether they just have these um, goals inside them. Um, but really, each of these uh, personal New Year's resolutions can be boiled down into a set of core skills. Okay? Um, and it's quite, in that poem, it's quite clear the, the things that are asked for. And really, those are the things that we need. Through each of those different things we're going to talk about, um, we would be able to succeed in any goal we have. So I'm not sure, has anyone in here watched this morning? <laughs> right, so Vicky and Ellie, enjoy this. Um, <clears throat> every now and then, this morning, for um, those of you who haven't watched it, those of you who are going to go to university, you will watch it soon. Um, it's sort of daytime TV, and it's, it's just rubbish, right? Every, everything that comes up changes every day. There's different stuff. Um, you never know what you're going to get when you tune in. And every now and then, they have someone on who's scared of something. Um, usually, it's something like dogs or something like that. They, honestly, they had someone on there um, once who was scared of custard. Um, and so they had them on, and they get their experts. Their experts are these, um, this married couple called Nick and Eva Speakman, who are therapists, who are authors, TV presenters, and they fly all over the world helping very rich people um, with any phobias they have. And the first thing they do is try and get down to the bare bones of why you're scared of something. So I'm not going to ask if anyone in here is scared of flying, because I know what response I'll get. But let's assume that people in here are scared of flying. It's a common phobia. And it's not great if you live on Guernsey, especially this time of year. But the Speakmans believe that if you are scared of flying, if you're sat here now thinking, oh, yeah, I'm scared of flying, well, congratulations, you're not. Because the Speakmans believe that no one is scared of flying. You can't be scared of flying. You're scared of dying, or you're scared of heights. Okay, so you boil it down, and actually, it's one of those two things, and that's how you begin, how you begin to start um, getting over your phobia of planes. No one's scared of small cans of Coke. No one's scared of windows. No one's scared of safety demonstrations. So we can start to reverse engineer this and work the other way to find out what our goals really are. Our goals are not to lose weight. Okay, that's what we'd like to achieve, but that's not our goal. And once we've found our goal, we can work towards them. So all of our goals, our New Year's resolutions, can probably be put into one or more of the following categories. Strength, wisdom, prosperity, courage, patience, and love. So what we're going to do today is boil down your resolutions, the bare bones, and find how God and how the Bible can help you achieve it. First is strength. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If you have decided this year that your resolution is to lose weight, is to become fitter, or is to give up cigarettes or alcohol or chocolate, then really what you're asking for is strength, right? Not physical strength necessarily, but emotional or mental strength for willpower. For those of us who have decided we want to lose a bit of weight, we know it's tough. It's not easy changing your lifestyle overnight, especially when there are so many temptations. When you ask people who have lost a lot of weight, very often people have said to me, oh, I say, how do you do that? It's impossible to me. How did you lose that weight? And they say, it's easy. You just eat less and move more. Right? Eat less, move more. On paper, yeah, that works fine. So who thought it would be a good idea to eat less one week after you've been given more chocolate than Willy Wonka could shake a stick at, 
and move more in the middle of the season that turns the entire island into a windy slip and slide with only eight hours of daylight. It's not easy. It's a really tough time to decide that I'm going to change my lifestyle. And so, really, you don't need new running shoes or to throw away all the nice food in your house. You need to be praying for willpower. You need to be asking Jesus to give you the opportunity to be strong through him. Because he strengthens us, and through him, through that strength, we are able to achieve. Pray for strength to get up earlier. Pray for the strength to not go down the crisp aisle. Pray for the motivation to do that day on day. If it's what God has put into your heart, you need to pray. The second is wisdom. In the dictionary, wisdom is quite difficult to pin down. In the dictionary, wisdom is defined as the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. If you've made a resolution along the lines of, I'm going to travel the world and meet new people, I'm going to try hard at school or learn a new skill, or I'm not going to let people walk all over me anymore, then what you're really asking for is wisdom. Okay? You're asking for wisdom to notice these things in your life. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. With God's guidance, we can all become wise. There was the poem at the beginning said, I asked for wisdom and God gave me problems to solve. Asking for wisdom may be the opportunity to become wise based off new experiences, some of which will be negative. This Christmas, I moved house. Spent two full days between Christmas and New Year scraping 30-year wallpaper off my walls with nothing but a butter knife. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I now have the wisdom not to attempt to do the whole thing alone. I now have the wisdom not to do it wearing lovely Christmas gifts that have been bought for me. Those were not fun experiences. But going through them helped me to become more wise. If someone now tells me that they're going to take all the 30-year-old wallpaper off their walls, I have wisdom on that, and I can speak on that. If you are lacking wisdom, if wisdom is what helps you achieve your goals, then pray to God for wisdom. He will give you those opportunities. He will guide you, and he will help you achieve. The third uh, resolution is for prosperity. I saw a few ears pricking up when I mentioned prosperity. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, prosperity is much more than just financial gain. If you're prosperous, then you are successful. You are wealthy, but not just with money. You're wealthy in love, in confidence, and in faith. If your resolution is to connect with family or friends more, if it's to gain more friends or be more confident in yourself, pray for prosperity. Through Jesus, we can be wealthy in all aspects of ourselves. We can be rich in love through him, but we have to work for it. Referring back to the poem, it doesn't say, I asked for prosperity, so God gave me a lottery ticket. It says, brain and brawn to work. That is the key to gaining through God. We can't just click our fingers. We have to work for him. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Remember, we're not just talking about financial gain here. There are many more things than that, much more important things than money. This verse is telling us that we should be thankful 
for what we receive from God and ask him to provide us with the skills, with the opportunities and with the motivation to gain through him. So if you're feeling poor in terms of family, friends, confidence, or you've made your goal to repair those relationships with others or with yourself, pray. Pray for prosperity. For some of us, having the skills or the motivation isn't the problem. Some people may have made a resolution that involves putting yourself out there somehow. Maybe you've decided that this year is the year you're going to fall in love. Maybe this is the year that you're going to start your own business. Maybe this is the year you're going to sell your house. All of those things are scary. Sometimes it's not easy to just do them. In that case, this year, your resolution is courage. To paraphrase another verse from Deuteronomy, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God goes with you. It's okay to be scared. It's fine to feel worried about the future, nervous about joining a new social group, feeling anxious about putting yourself out there. It's okay. Just know as you make steps into the unknown that God is with you every step of the way. We all remember the footprints poem. Yeah, do you hear that from? Oh, and I turned around and there was only one set of footprints, but it was you, God, because you were carrying me. Something like that. He's always with us, right? I think that was just as well put, actually. Um, He's always with us. God is always with us. Remember, remember that when you're making your resolutions and then when you feel like you can't go on anymore, when you feel like giving up, take courage in Jesus. Pray for courage if your resolution calls for it, but courage might not be alone in your prayers. Courage certainly links to some of the other resolutions we've covered. Sometimes it takes courage to step into the gym for the first time. Sometimes it takes courage to speak to a family member that you haven't spoken to in a while. Just know that God will be with you when you do. Fifth resolution is something that I am desperate in need for. And at the end, we're all going to be praying by ourselves for one of these six things, and I will be praying for patience. It's a gift that so few people possess, and those who do often take it for granted. It can be really easy to assume that everyone is as patient or as impatient as you are, which can often uh, create tension with those around us. Ellie can attest to this. I don't think there is anyone, there is not a single person in this room who has learned to deal with impatient people as much as her. I don't think I have ever gone on a Saturday more than 15 minutes without moaning that I'm bored, and that we've got nothing to do, and that she needs to take me out somewhere. <laughs> it's true. Being patient is an important quality. It allows us to make better decisions. It lets us assess situations better, and it lets us understand people. The Bible says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. That's what we've been tasked with. Everyone deserves our patience. This again covers more than one resolution, however. Be patient with people you are trying to reconnect with. Be patient to those around you that you love. Be patient with yourself when you are trying to learn a new skill, when you are trying to make changes in yourself, when you are trying to better yourself. Be patient. 
Rome was not built in a day and neither were good habits. So be patient with everyone, which includes yourself. Pray for patience. And the last of these six things we're going to talk about is love. Something we all have, but not, might not be that good at showing. Love is at the very center of Jesus' message. It's at the center of Christianity. But every now and then, we have to stop and ask, is love at the center of our lives? You can't be a good Christian without love. Loving one another, that was 50% of Jesus' commandments. The other half was love God, that's 100% love. Love is another resolution that blurs, that blurs the lines. It may cross over into others, but that's because it's the most important. How can you reconnect with others? How can you help others? How can you make the world a better place if you do not love the people you are helping? Similarly, how can you improve yourself, teach yourself, change yourself if you do not love yourself? Through your love for others and your love for God, you can stick to your resolutions and you can help to make this year the best year you've ever had. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Think on those. To love, you need to be patient and kind. To love, you cannot be envious, you cannot boast, you cannot be proud. Your love for the Lord will help you to spread that love to others, help you to be more secure in your love for others. So if you need love to complete your resolution, and pray for love. I just want to think on one more thing. Our, our personal resolutions impact everyone. Maybe not directly, but there is a clear impact on others. If my resolution was to lose weight, I have to think about how that will impact those around me when my blood sugars are low and I'm moody. I have to think about how annoying it will get for Ellie dragging around clothes shops once a month to buy new clothes that fit me. I have to think about how my health in the long run will make me happier and that happiness will be infectious to those around me. Regardless of your re uh, resolution, it will have an impact. And for us to truly stick with it, the good and the bad, for us to stick with it and complete our goals, we need the help of the Lord. The strength, the wisdom, the prosperity, the courage, the patience, and the love of Jesus to help us achieve our goals. We could all stand to improve on at least one of those six points. So if you haven't made a resolution, everyone apart from Vicky, I want you to think on those six points. Strength, wisdom, prosperity, courage, patience, and love. Pick one because you are lacking in at least one of those. Everyone is lacking. Pick one of those that you really want to focus on for the next few days, for the next few weeks, for the next few months, for the rest of the year. And we're going to have five minutes, maybe just a bit of music, Adrian, in the background as we do. Five minutes where you're just going to talk to the person next to you. You don't have to have a conversation. Turn to the person next to you. Say one of those six points. Strength. I need strength. And then pray together for those things that you need.